Welcome to Energy in Action. I'm your host, Marcy Young, and as a Mito patient myself, I appreciate you and the community you've helped us to build. This podcast honors the triumphs and struggles of patients and families affected by this disease and celebrates the work being done by doctors and researchers every day to make it a safer world for our people. We are a support group and a podcast focusing on all things related to mitochondrial disease. Welcome, everyone. We have a new episode today of Energy in Action, and I feel very lucky to be on with Haley, the Mito Warrior, and she has a lot to say about her journey and how she lives with it and what makes her day a bit easier, and she's going to tell us about herself and her journey. So Haley, welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, let's get started. I appreciate you allowing our community to understand your journey with mitochondrial disease. We can all benefit from your openness. We're going to have listeners out there right now who can relate to you, and it will feel so good for them to feel better understood based on listening to your story. That feeling might not happen for someone with mitochondrial disease on an everyday basis. And so that feeling of relatability is just so very important. And I I believe that with you explaining your story, your journey, your day-to-day life, we can help others in our community and grow the awareness. So thank you so much. First, can you share a bit about the mitochondrial disease that you have and your diagnosis and that whole, you know, history there? Yeah, the mitochondrial disease that I have has only been found in me and my mom out of the entire world. So for me, it's kind of a wild card with what may happen with my body. And it's definitely a little bit scary because in general with mitochondrial disease, you don't know when the next shoe is going to drop. I feel like at least with some mitochondrial diseases that are a little bit more established and how they affect patients kind of brings some clarity for that. Well, for me, it's a big wild card. So I was diagnosed when I was five. So what made you and your family go through the diagnosis process when you were at that age? So for me, my mitochondrial disease story and journey is very intertwined with cyclic vomiting syndrome. It is what it sounds like for those listening in who may not know what it is. And for me, even though they're two completely separate conditions, my CVS tends to set off my mito, which is not fun. So for the first five years of my life, I was having these cyclic vomiting episodes. I was constantly in and out of the hospital, in and out of doctors, trying to figure out what was going on. And I was also experiencing developmental delays. And physically, I could just never keep up with kids my own age, energy-wise. And running was always really taxing on my body. I always had a really hard time catching my breath if I had been playing. And for my parents, they knew something was obviously wrong. And so finally, when I was five, I was diagnosed with cyclic vomiting syndrome by a neurologist. And then we started going to support groups for cyclic vomiting syndrome. And there, my doctor that I still have now, he was actually speaking about how he found in some mitochondrial disease patients, there was a link to cyclic vomiting syndrome. And so 
My parents heard him talk and heard him talk about Mido and explained what it was. And my parents were like, we have to go see him. That sounds exactly what Haley has. So we scheduled an appointment. And in that first appointment, he put me on the Mido cocktail, which is a bunch of supplements. And he put me on medication to control the cyclic vomiting syndrome. And he diagnosed me with mitochondrial disease. And at that time, it was 2006. So the only way to diagnose was through a muscle biopsy. And because my symptoms weren't severe, he wanted to kind of hold off on that. And I'm glad because a couple of years later, we ended up doing genetic testing via a spit tube. And that gave us a lot of information. But yeah, that's my journey in getting diagnosed. It it took a very long time. Wow, thanks for sharing that. I'm sure it's not an easy story to retell time after time. From what I understand, there's also some other secondary issues health-wise that you live with underneath the umbrella of the mitochondrial disease. Are there other diagnoses or is it more just like um, organs and body systems that are affected? For me, it's both. I have other conditions, like I have dysautonomia, I have POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. I have something called hemoplegic migraines, which those are not fun because unlike typical migraines, all of the symptoms are stroke-like, so it can be really scary. And of course, the cyclic vomiting syndrome. So those are kind of my secondary diagnoses. But as for my body, Mido affects me a lot. Or I forgot to mention, I also have pancreatic insufficiency, which is when my pancreas doesn't produce enough enzymes to absorb nutrients from food. And because of that, I was getting malnourished and I ended up being diagnosed with that back in 2020. And it's confirmed that Mito caused my pancreas issues. So Mito has definitely affected my entire body, my autonomic nervous system, my entire GI system. It's affected my heart. It has um, affected my liver and brain-wise with neurology, it has affected as well. So I'm affected quite a bit and sometimes it's hard for me to remember how exactly I am affected because I'm just so used to my normal. But I also deal with a lot of muscle weakness, and I have a hard time walking long distances without being completely exhausted. So I'm in a wheelchair outside of the house. And then, you know, I'm also on a ton of supplements and medications to manage my mitochondrial disease. And I'm also on TPN so I can get enough nutrients in my body. Wow. So have any of those other conditions you mentioned, the cyclic vomiting syndrome, the POTS, have any of those improved over the years or gotten worse? For POTS, I would say right now it's relatively stable. I'm on medication that has really helped a lot. But that being said, I still definitely struggle with it and it gets worse in the summer, it gets worse when I'm tired or I'm sick. Compared to like some of my other conditions, honestly, POTS, it's not an easy condition, but it's a condition where I don't really, really struggle with mentally and emotionally as well as physically. My hemoplegic migraines, they're under control with medication currently, so I don't have a whole ton of those symptoms very often anymore, which I'm thankful for. My pancreatic insufficiency, that's been a little bit of a roller coaster. I've gone through phases where I'm stable and I'm tolerating food, and then I'll go through other phases where I'm just not tolerating very much at all and I'm in pain or having issues. And then my cyclic vomiting syndrome. Since 2016, I will say I haven't had a single episode. Okay, well, let's knock on wood yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before then, 
it was a very big roller coaster. Wow. So there's a lot going through your head on a day-to-day basis when it comes to your health. So let's kind of step aside from that for a minute. I, I want our listeners to understand who Haley is outside of the disease. So when you can kind of put all of this, which might not be very often, but when you can put some of this stuff aside, what do you like to do? You know, what interests you? What do you enjoy? For me, something I really enjoy is photography. I've always enjoyed that ever since I was little. So that's something that can be really therapeutic to me and just really fun. And I also love reading and just escaping to a different world. I love hanging out with my dog, Willow, and taking care of her. And, you know, I love hanging out with friends and family. And I love traveling whenever I'm able to travel. That's something I really, really love to do. And then something that's been really healing for me and that has helped me a lot is to work on my YouTube channel where I share all about my life with Mido, but also share videos that have nothing to do with chronic illness at times. So let's talk more about this YouTube channel. This was one of the first things that I learned about you before we even talked is how great your YouTube channel is. And I checked out some of the videos even before our first conversation and have continued to follow. So what are your goals in this channel? So you said you you want to teach people and to grow awareness about your mitochondrial disease. But in addition, you try to show people who you are beyond the disease. So what kinds of things do you do on there? For me, I do an array of videos. I'll vlog my day and just share how it's going, even though a lot of my days are very mundane. I'll share in detail about some of my other conditions or things I've been struggling with. I also, every now and then, like to share how my mental health is doing and just talking and keeping the discussion open with everything I do share. And for me, I started my YouTube channel several years ago, back when I felt really isolated because I was going through a lot and we were trying to get to the bottom of how to fix what was going on. And I really wanted to share my story, but I also really wanted to feel not alone. So I started my YouTube channel then, and over time, my passion for it has increased, and now I consider it, and my goal is to keep it as a resource for people, no matter who they are, if I hope that with my videos, they feel less alone, or if they stumble across a video about Mido, they can learn more. And yeah, I just love being a resource. I love sharing my life and documenting my life. And I also just love putting my story out there and using my voice for awareness. I commend you so much. I mean, that's quite a task to keep up with. And it's not also easy to showcase your ailments regularly. So I really give you a lot of credit because there is so much good that can be done with with your channel. Have you gotten any feedback? Have Has anyone, have any strangers reached out to you through your channel saying that they're benefiting from what you're doing? Yes, actually, I've had people in my personal life come up to me and tell me, you know, they learned about something they previously had no idea about. I have had people comment and share that they don't feel alone or they don't feel crazy and that they're so relieved they're not the only one dealing with what they're dealing with. And for me, that like 
probably impacts me more than them because I just sometimes feel like I'm just one person. But to have people come to me and say, hey, your videos really helped me or hey, I know where to go now. Like I know what to do. And so that's been something that's been really, really cool. And some of my videos themselves, like the comment section has become a resource with a ton of people contributing back and forth. So all in all, it's really awesome. Oh, I feeling emotional hearing that because there can be so many reasons that social media can be damaging and can create feelings of isolation, but you're doing the exact opposite. And I've never met you in person, but I am so proud of you. And I appreciate you. Since I'm part of the Mito community myself, I don't have the guts to sometimes do things like that. And I just... I'm so fortunate that I've met you, you know, through our work here and that I've been able to now follow your videos as well. And I I think that what you're doing and being able to continue to communicate with people in the chat section, in the messages, you could be making such an impact on someone's life and you don't even know it. You don't even know the half of it possibly. And I know that it's making a very positive impact on yours. And hopefully sometimes makes you feel like you're kind of one of your contemporaries, you know? Absolutely. But I think the reading and the escaping into another world, I totally feel you there. And I do the same thing. And it is, it can be so beneficial. I feel like I'm part of my book and not necessarily in my head. And when you, you know, talk about mental health and how, you know, that's a roller coaster in and of itself when you have a rare disease. I think that reading can be a really great outlet and it doesn't take much effort, you know? Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. It's something that's been so healing for me. Good, good. I'm so glad. I'm glad that you have those things. Then when I say to you, Haley, who who are you beside for what you endure every day that there's so many things you have to talk about? So tell me about the travel because everybody loves to talk about travel and we can live vicariously through each other. And I'm glad that you've been able to travel. So what do you travel with your family? Where's the best place you've been? Yes, I have traveled with my family. I'm really grateful that my family has been able to travel as much as we have. And throughout my life, especially over the last several years, our motto is if we can go there and we can afford it and my health permits it, we're going to go travel while I still can. And so we have been all over. Back in 2019, we spent a month in Europe, which was really, really fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we went to a couple of different places. We went to London, we went to Paris, we stayed in Belgium, we went to Switzerland, and then, yeah, we ended our trip in Italy, and I will say accessibility, oh, we also went to Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Accessibility-wise, almost every country was really clear of what was accessible and what wasn't, except for Italy, there was a big language barrier. And there was this one church that said it was wheelchair accessible, had the sign and everything, but there were stairs. Yeah, that was a fun trip. Wow, that's amazing. I'm glad that it was accessible because when you think of Europe and you think of the cobblestone roads and how tough the, you know, getting from place to place can be. I mean, I've been there kind of before my symptoms were part of my day-to-day. And it was difficult for me then. Were there some close-by spots that you felt comfortable walking? I use it every day. For me, I can probably only walk around a block at the most without feeling completely like just exhausted and to conserve energy 
especially on a trip, it's a lot easier to just use my wheelchair, I will say. Just because I was in a wheelchair did not mean that wasn't exhausting because I'm in an electric wheelchair. So I really felt each and every cobblestone. Oh my gosh, the bumps. You felt everything. Yeah. Wow. And I'm sure it does. It takes so much energy. And you're also, your mind is pushed farther when you're in a place that you're not super familiar. But I give your family so much credit for having that motto and for moving forward in these travels. So tell us about another one. Uh, Okay, I'll tell you about last year. So in 2020, when I was diagnosed with my pancreas issues, that was when I was put on TPN, which kind of limited my family because TPN bags are only good for so many days. So for us now, we have an RV, so we go camping and that's kind of our way of traveling. But two years ago, we drove and we went to Glacier National Park in Montana and That was beautiful. We also went to Yellowstone and that was a really fun time where it was just fun to be in nature and relax and see all of these really cool sites. And for me, camping allows a lot more flexibility and that we don't have to worry about flights. We don't have to worry about going through security with all of our medical supplies. And I'm also able to lay down and rest if I need to. So yeah, and for any time we travel, we always have made sure to like, budget in a day that I could just have some downtime and rest. So smart. You're making the travel make sense for you and for your family. You can lay down when you're driving from Glacier National Park to to Yellowstone. Yeah, that's something that's been really, really helpful, especially if we start driving really, really early in the morning. I can just lay down in the back and just sleep or nap or relax. And that's something that's been so helpful. Standing in line for flights and being in an airport and, you know, standing in the line for their bathrooms and security, it's all very stressful. I would say the airport is the number one place I really try to avoid personally because it throws me into a very big flare-up of my mito symptoms. So I can I can empathize with you. Avoiding it is a big win. I'm so glad that you guys are traveling. And do you have anything planned? Anything on the horizon? Yeah, we have some trips later this year. So I'm excited. Will you be able to put those on your YouTube channel? Yeah. Oh, good. Good. So hopefully our listeners will start following your YouTube channel and all the details for her YouTube channel are going to be in the show notes of the podcast. So please make sure to look at those. So when you're not traveling and you are at home, what is a typical day look like for you, Haley? So a typical day looks like I'll wake up and I'll disconnect from my TPN, which is a 12-hour infusion, and I infuse at night. So I'll disconnect that. I will flush my central line and then, you know, I'll go and eat breakfast. I'll take my medicines and then kind of depends on the day if I have anything going. I was actually the other day listening to the podcast episode you did and you said something in there that I totally agree with, which is you said you found yourself trying to justify the mundane. And that's something I really struggle with because my life 
on most days is very mundane and low-key compared to peers. So I wanted to thank you for, I could relate to that. Oh, you're welcome. I sometimes, when I'm out and I run into someone and they say, what have you been up to? And I think to myself, you don't really want to know how little I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely me as well. I'm like, let's see, what have been... What have I been up to? You know, taking medicine four times a day, connecting to my TPN <laughs> at night, like <laughs> the same old, same old, <laughs> taking care of my dog. You take your dog for a walk on a daily basis as long as the weather permits. So is that something that always feels comfortable to you? Or are there some days where you are thinking, am I going to be able to do this? And you push yourself through it? Or tell tell me a little bit about your, your state of mind there. Yeah, so I'll take her around the neighborhood in my wheelchair. And it's probably like around a two mile walk, I would say for her. And it's something that mentally helps me a lot to just be in the fresh air with the sun shining. But there are definitely days where I do skip out on walking her just because I'm exhausted or I had done things earlier that day or the day before. So for me, it kind of just depends on my energy level if I'll be able to take her on a walk because there are times where like I feel like I have the energy, but it's like once I sit up, I'm like, okay, I need to sit, like lay back down because I'm a little dizzy and woozy. So Yeah. And if it's hot outside, I typically will go in the evenings or I'll just not go at all. If it gets too warm because I struggle with temperature regulation, it's a part of my routine every day. Definitely. It sounds like a really healthy part of your routine too. I'm sure it's very therapeutic. I like hearing that you're out and you're getting fresh air. Haley, how did your conditions affect your school life? It affected my school life quite a bit. I was homeschooled my entire life, and that's honestly something that would have happened regardless of my mito diagnosis, just based on what my parents wanted to do school-wise. But for me, it worked out in my favor because I was able to be really flexible if I was in the hospital or dealing with like a really bad brain fog day. But for me, it was really, really hard to keep on top of schoolwork, get everything in by the deadline and not get too stressed out about it. Because for me, the two biggest triggers for my body to act up and flare up is exhaustion and stress. And or I guess it's three and sickness. So for me, I have to be careful with my stress levels because in the past I have had flare-ups when I'm under a lot of stress. So that kind of made it hard. And, you know, there were some times where I just would not be able to complete every assignment I needed to complete that week. But with being a little bit flexible with some of my other subjects, I was able to at times like do an oral report to my mom or, you know, take extra time on the weekends or just do an extra week at the end of the school year of schoolwork. So it definitely helps me a lot, but it was School itself was something I enjoyed, but also something I struggled with because for me, I have a math learning disability, so math has never made sense and I don't like it. So I always have a really hard time comprehending those concepts. Then there were a lot of like brain fog days where I'm like, I'm trying so hard to understand what I'm reading, but I just cannot connect the dots today. Oh, I hear you. I I get you on that. But it sounds like you love to learn. And so the idea of homeschooling really made it 
more palatable for you, even if it was still difficult. I'm sure a traditional school life could have been too much. Yeah, definitely. I know that for me, at least for a majority of my teenage years, if I was in public school, I would have probably been put in special ed or on an IEP just based on like how many health issues I was dealing with on a daily basis and being in and out of the hospital. So for me, it was really nice with homeschooling to just basically be able to do it anywhere, like on the way to doctor's appointments in the doctor's office. So yeah. Well, I'm really glad that your family could make those accommodations for you. So Haley, are there goals that you're hoping to achieve over the next couple of years? Are, do you have plans for your YouTube channel? Are there things that you would like to see happen in your life over the next couple of years? That's a really great question. And I'm sure other people can relate to this, especially when you go through a lot of health issues, is for so much of the past several years, I have just been constantly waiting for the next shoe to drop, something to happen for my body to go in a massive flare up that just won't resolve easily. And so for me, for so long, I have just taken things day by day and I've like dreamt of the future and dreamt of my future goals, but it's always been like an unknown if I would ever get there. And right now my health is stable. I mean, I definitely still have my health issues they're not going to go away anytime soon, but I'm stable. And so for me, I've definitely recently had to work a lot on shifting my mindset from day by day to looking into the future and having goals. And for me, one of my goals is I want to continue sharing my story, not just on my YouTube channel, but possibly at speaking engagements at schools. I really just want to raise awareness And so that's something in the future I'm hoping for. And, you know, I hope one day, as long as my health permits, like I would love to be a mom, like that's my ultimate want and goal in life. And so for me, there's still a lot still to be determined in terms of my future goals. Haley, you talk with such positivity about the future and I want all of those things for you. And I hope that we can continue our conversations. I think that we can both benefit mentally from being less isolated. And my hope is that people will follow you on YouTube and as well on Instagram. They can follow you on Instagram, correct? Yes, I have the same uh, name on Instagram, which is The Mito Warrior. The Mito Warrior. Haley, you have so much to give and I feel lucky to have met you. And I really hope that you're able to do those speaking engagements and to one day become a mother. It has been my greatest joy and I would never want the disease to take that away from someone. So I really hope that and pray that this is in your future. So thank you so much for being a part of our show and for sharing your story with us. I know it is not always easy. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And I had a really lovely time talking to you. Thank you, Haley. So let's make sure to check back with each other soon. And uh, listeners, don't forget to check out her YouTube and her Instagram. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I encourage you to browse other Energy in Action podcast episodes. I'm so inspired by the resilience of those in previous episodes, and I know you will be too. 